But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. They <laughs> <laughs> got a whole slew of off-hill landings of the week on the list this time. Yes. Um, well, I mean, and they're all not strictly speaking. Well, we start out with not an off-hill. What's this flying farmer thing, Jeb? Um, I just had to refresh my memory. <clears throat> This is in the uh, uh, San Francisco Gate uh, website, uh, sfgate.com. Uh, I'll, I'll read the caption to the video. Um, this middle-aged man arrived at a private airport and showed off his new airplane. He stated he had never flown a plane in his life and was planning on taking his first lesson soon. He then let everyone know the airport manager said it would be all right for him to taxi it down to the runway. However... Instead, he ended up firing the plane up and took off instead. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. He, he hit the throttle and took off, barely missing the trees. Eventually, he came down on a crash landing, bending his landing gear and damning, damaging the nose wheel of his plane. And this is, yeah. this is a three-minute, nine-second video someone took of this guy. It's a... <laughs> I don't, it's not an ultralight. It's... Um, it, it's um, it's certainly an LSA, mm -hmm. I, but it's it's a tube and fabric uh, pusher, uh, tandem seat uh, um, thing. Um, it's not really a you know it's not like a Skyhawk or Bonanza or something like that. But he's flying around. Uh, got you know this someone videotaped the whole thing, and uh, even the even the crash part. So it's. Uh, it's quite holy the... Uh, holy moly, I'm watching the video right now. Oh, well, okay, we got troubles here. Yeah, this is definitely... Oh, we got troubles right here in River City, yeah, dude. This wasn't real. If, and you're telling me this is about to end. In, is that a uh, air cam? No, it's not an air cam. It's not an air cam, but it's like... It sort of has a... Boom! Holy moly. Down, okay. down goes Frazier. Get the nose down. Down goes Frazier. I feel for this guy. He's going, fuck. <laughs> well, sorry, excuse me, folks. Sorry. Yeah. He's going, oh, my God. He, all right. Now, what is he doing? He's like, now he's flying... Left crosswind, and almost like he's turning to downwind. And this looks like farm grant, farmland. I don't understand why there isn't a isn't a. Uh oh, here we go. This is where it could get ugly. He just disappeared behind the bill. Oh, now nose up. What is he doing? He doesn't know. He's I'm not getting the video here. Is this the SF Gate site? Yes. Yeah. So now he's leveled out again. And uh, and he's coming around. Oh no, no, he's he's actually crossed the uh, the arrival end of the runway, and now he's turning back towards the runway. And now he's why is he? He does these sharp pull-ups every now and then. Yeah, he's stall spin at any second now. I haven't seen this video before. I don't know exactly what happens. I'm not getting the video at all. And, really? Yeah, it's got a pusher prop. It's a high wing. Uh, no, I mean, now the, the, I got no link to it at the website that gives me the video. Here, let me send you another link. Yeah. All right. So he's still flying this thing. I don't know. I, 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 you're telling me that, oh, this is where he goes down. No, it's only halfway through the video. Although it looks like he's going down. And well, let's just fast forward here a little bit. No, he's, close. he's coming back again. All right, Jeb, Jeb. Yeah. I'm not convinced I believe the premise of this story. 
Well, well, I'm just telling you what the caption on the video says. Wait for go to about 2:45 or something, yeah, or maybe 2:40. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. He's gonna. He's gonna. Here Okay. Well, he just—he's on the ground now. Um, I, 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 okay. All right. Okay. I—I I don't want to second guess this guy. All right. And but he managed to fly that airplane in dramatic circumstances for a long time. The video is three three minutes long. We saw him go all the way around the feet the field once. I bet you it felt longer to him than just. That <laughs> it probably did. Um, uh, you know, he did these dramatic pull-ups. Um, he came in and he finally landed. Um, and uh, in the scheme of things, touched down relatively gently uh, and then sort of executed a ground loopy kind of thing. Not really a ground loop, but sort of. And uh, and I don't know. What does it say? It's, it's a, and then, but and here's another reason why I'm suspicious of this. I'm also okay. suspicious of this because there was someone shooting video. All right. If all he was going to do was taxi the airplane out to the end of the runway, and this video is being shot from the far side of the field. All right. It's almost like it's a setup. It's, it just seems. All right. I I I I don't. Yeah. Um, I, I I understand what you're saying, and I I. Don't necessarily disagree with you. I can see a lot of different scenarios where the video, the guy, the, okay. So Uncle Sam just walked in with a brand new airplane, never flown it before, but he's going to go taxi it out. And holy crap, he just took off! Grab your video. Yeah, okay, I know. Right, what are we doing here? Uh... But wish um, I could see it, David. That video didn't. I mean, that link didn't work for you. I sent the you a link. link. On, the I link on the. You sent a link. I sent a Skype. link via, via Skype. Ah, sorry. Let's see if that works. There's no, a YouTube link too. If you, I found that's the pa- that's the page that came up when I clicked on the link on the uh, UCAP that, list. That, that link's working perfectly for me. I just right clicked it and it opened in a new tab. And. Yep. How weird. Huh. Anyway. So that was that was exciting. Yeah. Mm. Kind of remi- kind of reminds me of my first solo. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um <laughs> well, anyways, let's assume for a moment that this guy's on the up and up and uh, he got himself in a bad situation. It was a little bit foolish to begin with, but um okay, I'm glad he came out okay. And uh yeah, and, and although he landed literally on the field, it isn't so it isn't an off-field landing. But uh, well, he ended up off the field. Yeah, he well, ended up true. in the ditch. In the ditch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so we'll, we'll we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say congratulations on getting on the ground safely and uh, and see what happens because I think there's more to this story. I think there's more. I guess you know again you know I come back to some practicalities. How do you log that? <laughs> you, whoa! Uh, I don't think that's loggable. There's nothing about that flight. Assuming his story is true, that he well, it's not, it's he's sole manipulator. Uh, but he's well. I mean, you you can put anything in your logbook you want, okay? But since he has, according to the storyline, he has zero uh, zero time, you know training time. He's he's got nothing. You can't log. I don't think right. You can't log. No, you you can't log the time as illegal. Pu- 
you know, people do that all the time. I, I, that's what I'm saying. You can put anything you want in your logbook. I'm saying it's not. It won't count towards anything. Uh, no, it won't. It won't count as it won't count towards a rating. But it's soloed uh, uh, time. He cannot log it as pick, but he can log it as solo manipulator. If that makes a difference, and it does make a difference. But yeah. uh, he, he's not legally piloting command because he's not rated for the aircraft. He's not certificated. Uh, but he's sole manipulator. Mm-hmm. Um, yada yada yada. So, you know, and, and uh, yeah, okay. All right, there's a whole bunch of jokes in there, but uh, well, that was interesting. All right, and uh, David, did you are you managing to look at it yet? Yeah, I never got it to come up. All right, well, we'll we'll show it to you later on. Maybe we'll ask you about it again later on. Um, did this Bizjet really land with no wheels, Jeb? At uh, at uh, this is SRQ. That's uh, sir. That's, that's just down the street. Yeah. Um, uh, really did. Uh, it was a um, uh, a west wind um, landed. Uh, they knew about it ahead of time, and, and that's uh, kind of scra- he- that does a little bit of head scratching for me. I guess if they if they went back in the cabin and looked, they could see that uh, there was no wheel on the uh, on the main yes, landing guess. gear axis. And I, I'm guessing maybe there were some indications in the in the cabin in the cockpit. Uh, of a gear issue of some kind, uh, but they knew about it well in advance of this guy touching down. Well, no, this puts me in mind of, and I'm going to be very careful here. Um, you and I have a mutual friend who tells an awesome story about the time that he lost a wheel on takeoff, uh, uh-huh. and the tower uh-huh. reported it to him. And, and we've we've talked about this. We've, have, we we talked know, not, we we know. talked about the years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. And so that's, that's, you know, maybe he took off and the, the fact that the wheel was damaged was reported earlier in the flight yeah. somehow, somewhere. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. and it wasn't like the whole wheel. It was, as I, I looked at the story recently, but it was more like that, that one wheel on a truck that has two wheels was, was, or, or was it the whole wheel? No, this, this, this airplane only has a single main wheel. Okay, maybe I should. Well, what the heck, I'll look at the story. Um, well, it's, it, 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 it should spark your interest a little bit. <laughs> I, know. I know. Oh, look at the pictures. Uh, this gets dramatic. He spins off the runway into the dirt and clouds yeah. of dust flying into the air. And, uh, oh, yeah. la- landing anything with asymmetrical landing gear is always entertaining. Uh, when it's uh, you know a, a Part 23 jet like this one, it's even more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now was Sarasota his uh, intended des- original destination, or is this just someplace convenient? That, or did he leave from there? The last uh, line in the story says the airplane's based at Sarasota. Okay. Yeah. Well. And it had taken off from Belize, apparently. But shortly after takeoff, oh here here it is. Shortly after takeoff, the pilot was notified that a wheel had fallen off the a- airplane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. You know, so saw this happen not long after going to work for AOPA in in '83. Uh-huh. My second floor office had this great view south of the, across Frederick Municipal Airport, Foxtrot uh, uh, Delta Kilo. It uh, and there was a uh, U.S. Army King Air that had been on and off the runway, and. It, I don't remember if they'd stopped for fuel or stopped for uh, a sandwich or what. All I remember is that they were taking off again, and I could hear them on the Unicom. They were going back to their base, and as they rotated, 
the left main gear separated in, in, in the strut. <laughs> and I watched this tire, wheel, and part of the strut kind of go tumbling to the ground and hit. And when it hit, it must have bounced 150 feet in the air. Wow. Because uh, the airplane was 200, 300 feet off the ground when, it, it, when, the, when the wheel left. Picked a fine time to leave me, loose wheel. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I think Jeb did that it, before. I think so. It, yeah. And uh, I got on the Unicom. I asked my boss how to, you know, the protocol, because the hang glider pilots and ultralight pilots like me, we weren't all that used to using the Redidio. And uh, called him up. And, and, and at the same time, one of the maintenance people was running out to pick up the, uh, the, the part uh, on a tug. And uh, headed back, and we told them the good news. <clears throat> and they came back around and made two low passes, and several other people that actually knew what they were talking about confirmed <laughs> what I told them. <laughs> and they said, thanks a lot. Hats off to whoever saw that. Uh, we, w- we might not have known it if you hadn't seen it fall. And then they went back, and we didn't get the uh, joy of seeing their, uh, seeing their landing. Uh, I'm not sure how you'd want to do that because that pointy piece of strut sticking down out of the uh, upper part of the gear is probably not not going to want to slide all that easily. No, uh, you, you you retract all the gear, right, and land it on the belly. I mean, I'm kind of serious. That's, that's that's one way to do it. Yeah, that, that'd be one way to do it. Uh, only thing is, with those PT sixes, you're not going to be able to stop the prop. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, but chances are, if it's if you're if you're missing one of the mains, you're going to dip one of them down anyways, and and you're going to strike the engine somehow, some way. Yeah, I, it always struck me, and this is really apropos of almost nothing, but it comes to mind. So, um, uh, Captain Haynes, the uh, the uh, um, legendary, uh, um, what was the aircraft? It was, it was United Two Thirty Two in yeah. Sioux City, Iowa, Sioux back City, in. Iowa, um, uh, suffered a, a massive, what was it, hydraulics failure or whatever, a control yeah. failure. And, failure uh, of the number two engine, and when yeah. the blisk left the engine, it severed the hydraulic lines. Right. And, and, and they did a miraculous job of keeping the aircraft under control uh, in flight all the way to touchdown at, uh, at what did you say it was, Sioux Falls? Uh, Sioux City, Iowa. Sioux City. Iowa. Sioux City. Uh, the, the part of the story that, that popped into my mind is that I've heard a couple of times, including once in person, Captain Haynes tell this story. And one of the things that he pointed out was that they chose to, to drop the landing gear. All right? mm-hmm. um, and he said the reason that they wanted to get the landing gear down was that he expected that, that they would crush the landing gear, but that that would absorb some of the impact of yeah. hitting the ground pretty hard. Right? He expected that they were going to touch down pretty hard, and they did, obviously. Um, and it just kind of always stuck in my mind because I always thought, you know, why, you know, don't, don't leave the gear up and just kind of belly in and slide along the runway. But he said, no, the gear will help absorb some of the impact of of the uh, of the uh, hard hard landing. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. And that does make. Yeah, sense. it always it, it always kind of struck me as a variation on that on that uh, advice that so many CFIs give so many pilots uh, that you know if you're in a forced landing situation. Uh, don't be afraid of using the the wings to help you dissipate energy. Mm-hmm. Like point at the airplane between trees or between poles or fence posts. Let the wings get peeled off and slow you down in the process. Yeah. 
And that will actually but whatever you do, though, you don't want to you you want to avoid that sudden stop. Exactly. That from however fast you're going to zero in a short period of time, because the G's tend to be painful. And if you and if you sat down in a, an open field like that and you aim, you know you, you 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 can you can still aim the thing. Don't aim it between the only two trees there. Okay, aim right. it to one side or the other uh, to clear the trees so that there's no sudden G's. There's no sudden yeah, right. stop. That's what my instructor always said. He said, "Fly yeah. the airplane all the way to the ground and try not to hit anything." Yep. And uh, or fly the airplane all the way to a stop and try not to hit anything. Yeah. Fly the airplane till it stops and try not to hit anything. Fly through the crash. Um, it's interesting what you just said, David. This is going to come up, I think, in a couple minutes. But in the meantime, welcome, folks, to uh, Uncontrolled Airspace, <laughs> the General Aviation Podcast. I am Jack Hodgson, and I am coming to you today from high atop a hotel in downtown New York City, uh, where I'm here for my day job and... Uh, and uh, getting ready to uh, head out to work tomorrow, but I arrived today, and or actually I changed. It's a long story. You may have heard it in the pre-show. I'm not sure whether I left that stuff in or not. But uh, I'm in New York City uh, and uh, and, uh, and and enjoying my you know this visit. Like I said, I enjoy the occasional visits to New York City, having a good time. But better yet, talking this afternoon with two of my good friends here and. In our virtual hangar, uh, one excuse. Let me make one excuse here, or, or uh, uh, a disclaimer, um, is that uh, because I'm traveling, I am working with a uh, unusually mediocre microphone, and I'm not sure how apparent that is from the sound quality. I'm hoping that our nicer microphones that I usually use and that you guys are using um, sound better than what I'm using. But uh, I apologize if that's if you're noticing. That. You keep going in and out. Let's put it that way. Do I really? Okay. Well. Yeah. Nice. It, it, well, that's also possibly. I'm also working with uh, hotel internet uh, or Wi-Fi. No, no. I mean, the the um, you keep moving the microphone, or your head keeps getting closer and further from the microphone. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. I'll try to be more aware of that. I'm actually. Yeah. It's a long story, but I am. I'm working with a microphone that's sort of hanging down on my chest. Okay. My two okay. good friends are here, uh, and uh, and uh, and that's see. A couple months ago, Jeb suddenly made me paranoid about how I, I always figured that I was randomly checking, you know, selecting which one to introduce first. And then Jeb pointed out to me that maybe I don't randomly pick which one to introduce first. And now it's on my mind every single now time. Now it doesn't matter. Every single time it's on my mind. That voice right there is my good friend from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. That's Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. How you doing? I'm spiffy. Um, um, really spiffy? Yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, my, I'm, I'm, uh, my, my immediate work projects are in the can. Yeah, I saw the picture. You sent me a picture of the basically completed bridge, the the infamous. Bridge. Oh yeah, that 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 bridge. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking work work projects, but oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pro, um, around the house projects. Yeah. Uh, the bridge that, looks beautiful. The, yeah. the bridge looks great. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your help. Couldn't uh, I'd, yeah. I'd still be standing there with a saw and a tape measure, wondering what what should I do next. We came up with some uh, ideas, but I ha- unfortunately had to leave it unfinished. And uh, and and you, <coughs> your guy there, uh, managed to finish it. And the picture looks spectacular. It really looks nice. And now yeah. we just get need to get that new lumber a little bit weathered so that it all kind of yeah. Works. Well, I, I exactly right. I, I've got to clean up the uh, uh, tomorrow. Actually, we're going to bleach the section that you and I did two or three years ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, see if that can get closer to the new wood. But eventually, it'll all, all even out, I think. Eventually, it'll all even out. And it looks really exactly. nice. Congratulations. It does look good. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, 
Um, it was that's a big, uh, big project out of the way. Yeah. And my other good friend here in the virtual hangar, coming from the uh, aviation, the air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas. That's uh, Dave Higdon. Hi, David. What's going on with you? I'm thinking about buying a boat. <laughs> well, it's raining. I just... <laughs> send send some of that rain this way. Yeah, I've been looking at that. We've uh, we've had on and off flash flood warnings uh, over the last week because of the volume of rain coming down and the frequency of it. And so much of the southeast is on fire because it's so dry. It's like, yeah. We'd be glad to loan you 50% of what we've had so far this year because we are way above average right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, we are. Oh, I, that same picture I sent to Jack uh, was showing the bridge completion. Also shows the lake is down. It is way down. It's yeah. way down. I've never seen it this low. I have basically two feet of beach. Yeah. Which all the way around. Folks is unusual. That's that you, yeah. he basically has zero feet of beach usually. This, this yeah. sandy slope is completely covered by water usually. Um, and uh, I mean, it looked like it was almost almost exposing the complete um, lake. The, I'm talking about the bridge here. The, it is in a couple of places. Pilings, um, yeah, almost look completely exposed. Yeah, um, which is very interesting. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no rain in Florida, huh? Um, no rain in Florida. What else, David? What it else has, is going on? You can keep them busy. Uh, just about up to date. I got one writing project I need to finish up, and I'll be up uh, caught up for a, uh, a week or so. And well, except for next week's business aviation blog, and but I got some good work done on the uh, YX. It, uh, this past weekend, cool. and uh, spent about three hours down at Dead Cow International Airport, setting up and using uh, Earl's huge, the Leprechaun's huge uh, uh, hydraulic uh, press. Okay, because he had a, three pieces of quarter inch thick sixty sixty one T six that needed to have bins put in them. Two of them. Ah. It, identical but opposite on a certain angle, a certain radius, and so many degrees. And uh, stopped down there on Friday and uh, tried a manual brake that wouldn't even wouldn't even put a dent in it. And, really? Uh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, one of the guys in the shop, uh, uh, the leprechaun's nephew, Mark, he, he showed me where he keeps his uh, digital level and protractor and uh, let me use it. And when I went back on uh, Saturday, dug it out and uh, did the layout, then had to adjust the base of the, uh, of the uh, press to raise it up because the stroke on the ram is only about an inch and a half, and, uh, but it's got a lot of force. And uh, set up the simple small piece. It only had to be bent about five degrees and uh, got a crease in it and got it right at where I wanted. And then got the two out. that They call them hockey sticks because that's what they look like. But they're the main spar attach point for the uh, stabilizer surfaces and the V-tail. And uh, they get riveted up to uh, some uh, 032 channel and built out from there with ribs and rear spar and skin and all that. But these two pieces have to be bent on a certain line to almost 20 degrees in the bend and on about a three-quarter of an inch radius in the bend. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, took, 
took me a little time to get that set up so that it, I knew that it would bend it the way I wanted to, and then uh, eased myself into it. And at the end of it all, uh, they are within a quarter of a degree of one another, and we're off to the races. Yeah, David. Um, question: I, I'm not. I can't remember whether you have spoken publicly about who is helping you with the paint design that you're going to use on that airplane. Have you spoken about that publicly? Uh, yeah, I've talked to some people about it. Uh, I, can I talk about it on the podcast is my point. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, Craig Barnett at, at Scheme Designs is, is helping you with your, with your paint scheme. And the reason this is notable to me right now is that I saw a picture recently of a paint scheme that Craig and company designed for one of the first Sonics jets all right uh which is a v-tail as well all right and and wow it looks cool all right you know you think of the sonics i think i just, know that, that that was the fourth jet yeah and these sonics is they're traditionally they're yellow they're they're cub yellow and that's what they are all right and um and and craig and company had just done a spectacular job coming up with a very cool paint scheme for this well, sonics it, jet and it makes me think how cool yours is going to look when, when it's all said and done. I'm, I'm hoping that it takes on some of the same characteristics of that jet, except with uh, a couple of changes in color, but very similar to yeah. the way I envision it. But uh, yellow is kind of the factory color for the A models of the Sonex and the YX and the Xenos and the, uh, and the little 1X, the single-seater. Uh, now they've released the B model series, which are uh, the fuselage doesn't taper from the seats to the firewall. The sidewalls are straight, has a little more fuel, and it's a little wider at the feet. And, and they call that the B model. And the Sonics and YX are both uh, uh, in that transition. And the factory color on those is red. Hmm. But if you look around the line at you know air shows and fly-ins, and particularly like Oshkosh or uh, Sun and Fun, uh, a whole lot of guys polish them, uh, right. which is a tremendous amount of work uh, that doesn't interest me. Uh, I used to polish a guy's Cessna 140 uh, in exchange for airtime in it with an instructor in that taught me all I need to know about <laughs> my desire to have a polished airplane. Yeah, I would think that would be that would that would get old pretty quick. That would get old pretty quick. Um, yeah, I'm really curious to see what Craig and company comes up with, um, and especially I want to know how it is they're going to fit in the the UCAP logo on the side. It's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, the uh, one of the things I'm looking at now when I've got quiet time but and can't go to the shop and work is is uh, learning about the differences between paint and vinyl laminate. Right. And one of the things that's coming up is uh, aerodynamics, uh, because the Sonics and YX and the Sonics line of airplanes, they predominantly use uh, uh, pull rivets, stainless steel rivets, plenty strong. They'll do the job. They won't come loose. But... They're not as smooth as flush rivets. Now, there's flush rivets in the whole leading edge of the wing, uh, but they still have that little tiny hole in the center of them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, came up in talking to some guys at Sun and Fun this year was the vinyl covers up 
that without you having to do fill and sand like you might with Bondo to fill in the holes. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you get these little pinholes in the paint. Uh, covers it up and smooth, and if you get tired of it, it's faster and cheaper to peel that off and put on something new than it is to repaint the airplane. Yeah. So, and apparently there's some uh, small weight benefit to the vinyl. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be looking more into that here as time goes by. But cool. my goal is over between now and uh, Memorial Day weekend is to finish the, the entire tail hardware. That's like a, yeah. two weeks, right? Three weeks. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Very cool. Three, three weekends. Yeah. Speaking of dates, um, so this is the first episode that we've recorded since May 1st. And, of course, on May 1st was the day that Basic Med took effect, um, and apparently it did. Um, I have no personal experience, and I have not been to an airport in that period of time to speak to anybody, but the news is full of stories about people who have, uh, in fact, flown under Basic Med. Uh, what, what are you guys hearing about uh, the the initiation of Basic Med? <laughs> I, I, just what I've read, probably the same stuff you've read, um, some discussion on the DC pilots list, more along the lines of, you know, hey, anybody know who, who I can go to to get this signed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, that, I, I, you know, for some people that may be a frustration. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem at the end of the day. Uh, all of this is new to everybody. And, um, um, you know, give it some time to percolate. Right. And the numbers are pretty impressive, and I, you know, I'm not exactly sure what these numbers mean exactly, but they're they're better than zero. Uh, the numbers of like how many people who have um, taken the, the online tests. I forget. There's a couple of things where there's a there's a really pretty good metric for them, and uh, and in both cases the uh, the numbers impressive. People are are embracing basic med, and uh, um, you know, so there've been, there've been people waiting for a year and a half basically for May 1 to come around yeah. since it, since it was obvious that the next reauthorization or authorization of the FAA was going to have that language in it about a year and a half ago. And then starting in, well, was it July 15 of last year when the law was signed right. and made that mandate effective on, on the FAA, uh, then, you know, it's been like people waiting at the on-ramp, uh, waiting for the gun to go off to race into the Indy 500, into Daytona, yeah. now that the gate's open. What's One, impressed me is the real absence of any confirmation of all the doom and gloom predictions that were circulating on pilot websites and in conversations. Uh, the doctors aren't going to want to sign it. Liability, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, the insurance won't cover it. I mean, yeah, right, like they don't cover light sport pilots. I'm sorry. Uh, none of that's come true. And most of the doctors that I've heard people talk about, if, if, if you're their regular patient, it's meant to look at the form and go, okay, I, I need to check this out. I need to look up some of this stuff. But then they get the call, yep, uh, signed it and ready to go. And then it's mm -hmm. up to the person to pass the online test, mm -hmm. put the doctor's uh, federal number in there, and put that in the logbook, and you're off to the races. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the the only thing that all of these success stories don't tell me is whether the people um, doing this already have a current medical certificate. That's true. Pre presumably, um, 
I don't know. I don't know what to presume, actually. Uh, well, the punchline is you don't have to have a current medical certificate to operate under or to, to go to or to open up or to begin operating under basic med. Uh, I, I'd really like to know how many of these people who are, are getting their basic med uh, um, um, paperwork accomplished and, and doing the, the test and all this kind of thing. I'd really like to know how many of those people have not held prior to this, have not held, do not, did not hold a medical certificate. Oh, oh still, never, still, still don't hold a medical certificate. Ah, okay. So, within, so. well, within the preceding 10 years. Right. Oh, yeah, any, anything question. I could add on that would be anecdotal from reading the, the builders' websites, a exactly. couple of pilots' websites. Exactly. That most of these guys have been flying, and they've been flying on their sport pilot privileges. Uh-huh, okay. And they wanted to get this basic med in because that meant now they can go back and rent a 172 when their two-seater mm-hmm. isn't sufficient for the trip they want to take. Right. Um. People seem to be liking it, and it seems to be running on pretty smoothly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I plan, I, I'm going to be home for a little while after I finish this trip, and one of the things on my list is to visit two or three of the airports in my area that have rental operations. And, and I'm just curious, and I have, I have no doubt, I, I am confident that it, in the long run, the rental operations will start accepting basic med. But I'm curious whether there's going to be any kind of transition as they're kind of unclear and maybe their insurance company haven't quite got their act together. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. So I want to go around and ask some of these rental operations, you know, can, could, a, could a basic med person rent from you today? Are you set up to do that? You don't have to ask. Just, just call them. You don't have to oh, go I around. Call them, but I like to go hang out with yeah, that's, that's a whole other thing, but yeah. So anyways, that's my, my, my big question. Although, Jeb, you asked me an interesting question. How many are doing basic med who have never had a medical? Uh, that isn't it. I, no, 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 no. You can't. You can't. You, you have to. Well, let's back right. up. So you I'm have sorry, to so visit an AME one time. Right. Okay. Then I'm sorry. I did miss. If you've sorry. never had a medical before, so you could use it. My question is: How many of these people do not now have have before they they signed before they accomplished the paperwork for basic med? How many people did not have a current medical? So how many? Okay. How many basic med people are are transitioning over from an expired medical? Thank you. Yes. Okay. Now I understand. And that is a good question. That that is an interesting question. I, I bet it's going to be a lot because, I, as as David alluded to, there's there's all the uh, sport pilot folks who uh, who uh, you know for whatever whatever reason chose to let their med. I mean, I, and I I'm relatively convinced that there's a big number. A lot of people let their medicals. I, I'm convinced there's a pretty big number also and of all people. And they're all going to fly 172s and bonanzas and and et cetera, et cetera. All the airplanes they used to fly that they haven't been able to fly for ten years. That's right. Pump, pump, pump up the value of old bonanzas, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I have no doubt that one, 150s and 152s just went up. Used oh, yeah. Price. Right. yeah oh, yeah. And 172s. Uh, I've talked to two guys that had been flying either a, a light sport or an experimental that meets the definition for the last six or seven years as sport pilots who were out on May 1. To get their basic med done, mm-hmm. cool. And one of them shopping for a 172, one of them shopping for a Cherokee, cool. That's great. Yeah. And and both of them say, what's fun is that I can buy a 172 or a Cherokee for less than I've got in my pick one, my 
light sport airplane or my experimental home built that meets the light sport definition, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're looking at an airplane for twenty-two, twenty-three thousand dollars, uh, sometimes less, sometimes a little more, to get them back into four seats. And in the meantime, they're going back to get uh, rental time in both airplanes. These guys live about 500 miles apart. It just struck me odd that we got into this online conversation about this. They, 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 they don't want to be renters. They want to be owners. They've owned airplanes. They understand the process, the responsibilities, the cost. And these aren't going to be the airplanes that they fly most of the time they fly. It's going to be the airplane that they fly when they need a third or a fourth seat. Right. And in the meantime, both of them have places lined up where they can put them on the rental ramp, which is oh, that's one cool. thing I would disagree with. But. Yeah, it's not, never never put an airplane you care about on the rental lineup, on the rental line, um, be, yeah. because, I, because I might rent it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, it, uh, the guy looking for the Cherokee, uh, I asked him if an Arrow or a Comanche, you know, would spark his interest. And no, I'm not going to need to go that far that fast, and I want to get into retract. Uh, but I am going to specify it not be used for primary instruction. Instrument instruction, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody wants to rent it for a cross-country weekend, sure, but no primary instruction. Right. That's kind of discriminatory, but I understand that. Well, but I don't know. I mean, given that so much primary training happens with an instru- uh, a CFI on board, and, and I, I understand, I guess, where their reluctance comes from because there is the possibility of a, a, a newbie being careless or sloppy or whatever. But I think it's largely a remnant of the days when flight schools were really, really busy. And if you had an airplane on a lease back to a flight school to put on their uh, instruction line, it might get seven or eight hundred hours a year, which meant, you know, seven or eight hundred hour inspections and oh, on I see. and on. Well, if you want to reduce the amount of time, that, that that's but I, I don't think anybody's I don't think anybody's doing lease back airplanes with the flight schools these days that are flying anything anywhere near those kind of hours. Yeah, that's one thing. <clears throat> you know, I think the other thing too with with quote primary training unquote, um, it's not so much the 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 landings. But it's you know you know uh, three or four hours a day of touch and goes. Yeah. For example, um, bad landings I should say, isn't it? Landings generally. Yeah. Um, uh, and so so you will just landings, just just landings. Oh, okay. Just that, that wear and tear. Uh, just the wear and tear of of hitting the ground rep- repetitively, uh, and then you know you you're doing that at idle power, and then you go to full power, you climb out. Right. And then you come back around, you reduce power, and then, you know, you cool the engine, you heat the engine, you cool the engine, you heat the engine, yada, yada, yada. Um, it's just a lot of wear and tear on an airplane. Okay. I hadn't really thought of it that way. That, that, that's a reasonable point, I think. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, it, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's troubling because we should all be supporting the training of new pilots. Don't don't misunderstand. I, I support the training of of of, uh, of new pilots, not with my airplane. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the way we were with the uh, with the Comanche, uh, and there were two outfits here in town that regularly took a run at me. Man, we can help lower your flying costs. 
Cal. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, no, seriously. We do nothing but complex high-performance and instrument training in it and rent it out to people for cross-country. And I go, yeah, that's my only problem is that you've been renting it out to other people. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I was, I'm, I'm, I was selfish that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Well, and we were averaging in the Comanche, we averaged upwards of 130 hours a year in the eight years that we had it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't feel it would be fair to somebody that booked it for me to call them up and say, sorry, I just got a late breaking assignment. I got to be in Houston in the morning and have their instruction oh. plans go out the window. No, that's not the that's not the answer you get. The answer you get is no. You can't use your airplane. It's in Chicago this week. <laughs> it's the, 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 the no. It's already gone, dude. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, five. Count them five. We have five off-field landings, landings of the week on the list, and I don't know if we're going to get to all five of them because because I don't know if we're going to get to all five. Because. Right. But uh, so, but I'm going to pick the first one, and I'm going to let you guys pick the second and third one. But the first one I want to talk about is the first one on the list there. So if you want to, uh, this is uh, uh, I had seen this. This this became quite a viral video, um, and I had yeah. seen it. Um, and, uh, and and just to make a connection to the forums, um, listener Don W Mac in the forums uh, uh, pointed this this out. He says uh, he writes. Uh, amazing no one was hurt was this is the subject line he says plane catches fire followed by an intersection stoplight that looks like it rips through the wing tank resulting in a ball of flame and they walked away amazing and it is kind of amazing at least visually amazing um this is a uh, uh an airplane coming down fast probably with a failed engine um captured by a dash cam um by a, a car driving along the highway um, and just timed perfectly to, uh, to to capture a view of this airplane um, coming down at a pretty good angle from right to left across the road, low enough that it apparently clips um, the either power lines or some sort of wires over the road, and um, and and it results in a pretty dramatic ball of flame while the airplane is still in the air. We don't actually see the airplane touch down; it disappears off the screen to the left. But as it crosses over the road, apparently clipping wires and or traffic light poles or something like that, um, it generates one, maybe two, great big balls of flame and um, very dramatic footage, um, visuals. But I can't quite figure out how this ball of flame happened without the wing actually being separated from the airplane. Can you guys describe a scenario here which would result in the ball of flame? What, what kind of airplane was this? Do we yeah, know? It looks like a Cherokee-ish kind of, you know, banana ish kind of airplane. I, I, I think actually it was a Cherokee 6. Um, and if it was a Cherokee 6, uh, at least the Cherokee 6s with which I'm familiar, uh, in addition to the uh, uh, wing fuel tanks that are close into the fuselage, they have tip tanks that are factory that are um, out obviously near the tips <clears throat> and I can easily see a scenario where one of those gets wiped out and the wing stays on the airplane alright I'm, I'm whoa <laughs> it's even better when you single frame through this video yeah um, 
it, it, it does appear to be like a Cherokee six. Um, it's, yeah, that's, that looks like a six. Yeah. It's got uh, the longer, longer wing. And as it first crosses the road, it hits the power lines on the right hand side of the, of the road and makes a great big spark, which that would have been pretty dramatic all by itself (laughs) and cuts that wire and continues to come down half now, now mid road, it's probably less than wingspan above the ground. Um, and, yeah, it looks like it clipped the, I don't know, maybe it clipped one of the, so this road has uh, traffic lights mounted on booms that are stuck out over the road, and it looks like maybe it clipped, the wing tip clipped one of these. Uh, uh, I think I think the bouncing you're seeing um, on the um, stoplight um, arm thing yeah. is, the bouncing is from the wires that came down on it. Okay. I'm just speculating. Yeah. But the ball of flame begins. Oh no, it doesn't look like. I don't know exactly what the ball of flame. It does come from the right wing tip, is where the ball of flame in, is initiated. So maybe there's a. There are no overt wing tip, tip tanks like yours, Jeb. Um, if they're right, six, sixes have tip tanks. Right, they're, inter- they're internal to the wing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so it's. I guess maybe that's what happened here. Is that some aspect of this collision. Um, punctured the uh, the tip tank. It, it looks like I can only say you know obviously what it looks like here from this video. It looks like the airplane tr- was trailing wires. Uh okay. Um, as it went, as it continued to descend, and after it hit the wires, looks like it was trailing some wires, and I can only imagine there's some arcing. Maybe going on there, some spilled fuel, and Shazam! Yeah. We got us a fire. Yeah. Interestingly, for, for as dramatic as this visual is, uh, both people on board the airplane apparently uh, walked away. I mean, like, got, yeah. you know, so apparently there was no post-crash fire that was at least quick enough to trap them or anything like that. And, uh, <laughs> but man, this is dramatic. It's, yeah, it's that's, even more that's, dramatic that's, to single frame through it. Um, it is. It is. It's, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the day you want to go out and play the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, and I haven't seen anything about well, the, any stories about what exactly, you know, pre, precipitated, would that be the right word? Um, this whole thing, what was the nature of the, uh, the uh, forced landing, the presumably an engine failure, but who the heck knows. Um, and uh, I'm not even clear where this happens. Um, it, I want to say it's California. I can't quite make out the license plates, and uh, it does appear to be in the U.S. There's a, there appears to be a U.S. bank sign on the side of the road. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna presume that this is in the United States someplace. But uh, anyways, um, interesting, very dramatic. Um, as always, congratulations to the pilot for uh, managing to get this airplane on the ground. It could have, I mean, he was he was ten feet short of a real catastrophe because um, he just barely missed um, coming down on this road crossroad yeah um, yeah crossing the road which i can't imagine would have would have ended um as well as it as it did so anyways yeah that's one that's that's uh that's off your landing of the week number one uh let's see i mean thank you by the way to don w mack for uh, for uh Posting about this in the forums. Yeah. Okay. I was wrong. It's not. It, it's near. I'm looking at the FAA prelim. You found it. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's a. It's a, a Cherokee six two sixty. 
uh, substantial damage. Yeah. Everett, Everett, Washington. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Air, aircraft shortly after departure struck a power line, forced landed on a road, and struck vehicles. No in no injuries, or at least no injuries to the flight crew. The, any injury to a passenger is unknown, according to this. So um, it doesn't talk about the. It doesn't have anything about why he was coming down. No, the, the it hasn't it hasn't hit the NTSB yet. I just looked there also. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah, dramatic, woo, crazy. Video. Yeah. Uh, Big congratulations. Time. Yeah, one point nine million views. By the way, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Dash cam's already got one point nine million views. So uh, you know. Um, that's a big deal. <laughs> I don't know whether uh, you know. I don't think they monetize it, so they're not making any money off of it. I didn't see an ad when I ran it just now. So right now it has one point nine. Yeah. 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 Anyways, all right. You guys pick one. Okay. Which one of these is interesting? Dave. To you? Dave, go ahead. David, is one of these off-field landings that are uh, indented here interesting to you? Let's see now. I posted uh, that one. You posted this one, David. Jeb, you posted the four- third one. Correction, fourth one. And then Jeb, you also posted the last one. Yeah, Dave, pick one. Yeah, the Daily Mail one. The Daily uh, Mail one. Which one is that? Is that the one that's got your name on it? Uh, yes, the one that's got your yep. name on it. Okay, let's look at that one here. Pilot Comley, uh, DailyMail dot com, dated uh, dated uh, April of twenty seventeen, April twenty fourth. So it's a couple weeks ago now. Let uh, me get rid of all these things that are trying to make noise on my screen. Uh, what pressure, the headline says, what pressure? Pilot shows remarkable cool as he successfully crash lands his plane after an engine failed mid-air. What's the story here, David? What happened? Well, the engine failed in the air, and <laughs> gravity took over. Uh, and the guy's flying with, in mountainous territory with a valley out in front of him and, and a river below. And he manages to put that little airplane oh. down on a sandbar yeah. in the river. This is a cool one. I have watched this one. And, and this is and walk away. Yeah. He did it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And his passenger is kind of narrating the whole thing. And, and, and yeah, it's interesting. You know, you, to be a passenger in this kind of situation, holy moly. Um, and I, I seem to recall, I'm not listening to the audio right now, I've got the audio muted, um, but uh, I, I seem to recall the passenger going, you know, so we're going to, oh, and that's right, and there's, subca- there's subtitles here. Um, yeah. Is there a place to land? And the pilot says, yes. Is there a place to land? We shall be okay. Apparently, they, this is in like China or something like that, Japan. Uh, Taiwan. 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 Thank you. Excuse me. Um, so, uh, although they're mostly speaking un- not English, they occasionally lapse into English, which I found interesting as well. Um, and, uh Yeah. And so we we get this uh, smartphone cam video of the whole whole sequence uh, from engine failure all the way down to uh, to touchdown. And uh, uh, yeah, the video the video is over three minutes long, and yeah, the video didn't process. start till after the engine died. Right. And this guy, in in my book, showed remarkable cool and calm and judgment. Yeah. I mean, he's actually taken himself out over the water so he can get set up. To put it on dry land where a truck can get to it. Right, right. Well, yeah. Truck is that, is that from the story? He definitely he's got a whole bunch of choices here in terms of sandbars on this what I presume is a river, um, and uh, and he's definitely made maneuvered a little bit in order to set himself up for a particular one and comes in for a perfectly fine landing. It seems, anyways, from our perspective. 
And if you look at, through the windshield, it, you can see a road over there out in oh, front really? of him. So he got, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the yeah, pass- yeah. passengers, you know, you know, saying, so are we going to, we going to, you know, find a place to land? Oh, I remember another thing I found interesting about this video. And again, because I can't hear it, I, it but it's now coming back to me. I found ATC's reaction to this whole thing to be fairly blasé. And maybe it's just a cultural difference or something, but, uh, you know, he's talking to ATC and he, I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm thinking of a different video actually now that I'm stopping to think about it. Maybe there's a different one. Anyways, he's on the, on, on the video version I'm watching, he's just about to touch down right now. Um, and, uh, does just a nice little, uh, uh, touchdown. Um, and again, I'm not, the video is, uh, the audio is muted, so I won't, I won't, uh, I won't hear this, but interesting that, um, once the airplane comes to a stop, the pilot then vents and loses his cool. Um, right. And, he, and right. he basically curses quite dramatically, in English, as I recall. Um, and, uh, um, and he's clearly just really, really annoyed that this thing happened, all right? And it, <laughs> and That's the perfect time to be really annoyed exactly. that this thing happened is after it's all over. And the passenger's trying to calm him down. The passenger's going, you know, man, you saved our lives. You did great. Calm down. It's great. You know, we're okay. We landed. You know, we'll be able to fly the airplane again. Um, and, and, and the guy in the left seat has just spent the last four and a half or five minutes trying to control his adrenaline, trying to keep things cool, try to do the job, fly the airplane, communicate, navigate, aviate, right? Tell, I mean, tell his passenger to STFU. <laughs> yeah. I and, played into it, actually. The passenger was a little then, chatty from time to time. Then, then, when, the, then when the threat is, is, is gone, when he's on the ground, safe and sound, and he gets out of the airplane, and that adrenaline gets unleashed, and he's like, holy bleep! Yeah. Get I don't want to bleep you. Although, as I recall, one of the things was he thought on the rollout the, he had struck something on the ground. And because and, he climbs out of the airplane, the video is still running, he climbs out of the airplane, he runs around the front of the airplane, and he's examining the front of the airplane. And I, I, I seem to remember him expressing some relief that he didn't damage the airplane. I, and I wonder if maybe that is where some of his emotion came from. Yeah. He thought, yeah. after all this, I hit something on the ground. What an idiot I am, all right? And then he later, and then a, um, a few seconds later, he discovers it. This was terrific. I mean, and, you know, it was great that we got to see it the way we did it. Huge congratulations to this guy. As, yeah, as big, nice, nice job. Nice he job. Did really, really great. He did a picture-perfect yeah. job. And he, he must know the area a little bit because I thought where he was putting it down was far wetter than it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. It had yeah, been no, underwater not long before, but it was dry enough. His feet didn't even leave footprints in it. I agree. I was a little concerned about how soft that ground might be, but it was perfectly it looked perfectly fine. Anyways, um, before we move on, can either one of you ID that airplane? I, uh, someone on social media was asking what that airplane was. I cannot. I, I, I don't. I don't know what it is. Let's see if there's no idea. Two seats, side by side. Can't tell you. Can't tell you at all. It's, it looks like it's aluminum. Um, yeah. yeah, I can see the underside of the wing appears to be riveted on. So yeah, yeah. Metal. Um, and uh, so, anyways, maybe we'll examine. We'll scrutinize the video a little bit more and see if there's any other clues. But uh, it's not obvious what the airplane is. No. 
All right, Jeb, you can't put it off any longer. Pick one. Pick one, pick one, pick one. Um, just a real quick one. Um, I'm going to do both of the, the remaining ones. Uh, one was is a bonanza. Okay. Uh, the other one is the, the water landing of the week. Um, so uh, let's do the I'm going to do the let's let's do the bonanza first. Bonanza first. Now, which one is that on the list here? Is that the uh, that's uh, the uh, oh, uh, an, an intact but intact bonanza. Yeah, got it. Okay. Um, this where is this? this was outside Athens, Georgia. Yeah, from uh, within the last week or so. From that that our, one of our favorite aviation websites, onlineathens.com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Small plane safely makes emergency landing in Athens field. Uh, an engine failure reportedly forced a single-engine four-seat airplane to make an emergency landing in the field across from UGA's uh, livestock instructional arena off South Millage Ave on Tuesday afternoon. Um, Sixty-three Beach Park. So, what do you what do you think about this? What's what what's uh, you know? the thing that it's he's in a field, uh, the gears down, uh, everybody's out of the airplane. The airplane looks like it's one in one piece. Um, that's all we ever want out of this situation. Yeah. 63, what is that, a B-35? It's a, um, in 35, November 35, or no, I'm sorry, maybe a P, P, a P-35, uh, Bonanza. Okay. Yeah, that, from the factory, that would have an IO-470 of 260 horsepower in it. University, UGA, University of Georgia, is that what Georgia, yeah. Is that your alma mater? It is. It is. Um, it, it's pretty obvious there, but about six graphs down, it's pretty obvious what caused this this uh, this uh, force landing. Um, it, the uh, the pilot was seventy years old. Why in the world, <laughs> why in the world are seventy year olds allowed to fly airplanes? You know, isn't there you know in this day and age with all the technology we have, isn't there some mechanism to prevent uh, pilots who are over a certain age from turning the key on an airplane? I'm being facetious, everybody. I know, I know you are. I know you are, but there are people out there listening who may not get it. All right. Uh, clearly, the 70-year-old pilot was a really good pilot, all right, uh, because he managed to get this airplane on the ground safely, really safely. Uh, so a, veteran pilot, a veteran pilot with more than 50 years of experience. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's all good. Yeah, that's nice. And, uh, Used yeah, to I mean, be some fun music joints in Athens. There still are, my friend. There still are. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know this. Um, uh, yeah, like we have to. Okay, like, it's a water a really tough guess. How you know? Um, water landing of the week. Water landing of the week. What's uh, this all? This is off Myrtle Beach, uh, um, South Carolina. Um, a Mooney uh, M20. That, that that doesn't tell me a whole lot. Um, um, crashed a half one half mile off the coast of Myrtle Beach around 5 p.m. Tuesday evening of this week. So that would be on the ninth. Uh, I'm trying to load the video. It's not. There we go. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, apparently they interviewed the pilot, um, and it's not clear to me. Um, he said he, apparently he was flying fairly low. There's nothing really wrong with that. Um, said quote something hit the airplane, or it felt like something hit the airplane, and the engine stopped. So that's when I knew something was a problem. Well, yeah, duh. Um, said he was flying the airplane from Myrtle Beach to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, couldn't turn back to, to the airport, to a nearby airport, because he was flying too low. 
really the only option was to go straight ahead into the ocean because the beach was full of people. Then you just try to land it like you landed on the ground, and it worked out this time, which is uh, um, very modest of him, I would think. Um, but uh, So the plane floated in the water. I was able to get out and on the wing, uh, but, I, but I had to go swimming. He says, I was further, from, further out than I anticipated, I guess, from the beach. Uh, so when the airplane sank, I had to start swimming. So is this yet another example of an airplane that did not flip when it uh, ditched? Yeah, yeah. We talked about this yeah. last episode with the. Uh, well, this is a Mooney and retractable. Oh, so, oh the gear. Tra- probably retractable. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely have done it with the gear up. Yeah, okay. All right. So. Yeah, congratulations to him and, uh, and, uh, and kudos to him for making the choice, the, the, the riskier choice of landing in the water and not endangering all these folks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know they had a whole lot of, I don't know they had a lot, whole lot of choice, but. Uh, is what it is. Well, good job yeah. for him. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to have a new category, I guess, water landing of the week. Yeah, I know, right? Water landing of the week. All right. Well, we're reaching the end of our allotted time here, so I think I'm just going to flip over all the cards and say shout-outs. Do you have any shout-outs? There's actually one item here that I want to turn into a shout-out here. Oh, it's too... Yeah, right. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Let me just look at this real closely. We'll look at this again just for a moment here. My shout-out is to uh, The Verge website, theverge.com. All right. That well-known aviation resource. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, uh, because they published an article recently uh, the, where the headline is, Stop Calling Them Flying Cars. Uh, and... Uh, I just, you know, and that's, that was my big thing last episode with the, the big, big flurry of, of projects that are calling themselves flying cars lately. And, uh, and this story says they're not flying cars. There's nothing car about them. Don't do it. And there's been a handful of those kinds of stories. There's been some, some backlash of all this flying car stuff lately. So anyways, that's The Verge. The Verge is kind of an interesting website. It's it's uh, it's it is, you know, a, a, a wide variety of stories and uh, uh, so, anyways, and it's showing this. Uh, what is this? This uh, it, it looks like a a, a, a a gremlin, a car, gremlin car. Hey, read, read on down. It's a Ford Pinto. It is a Pinto. Okay. With a with the ass end of a Skymaster grafted onto it. Well, that's what could possibly go wrong with that. Well, it says during a test flight in 1973, the vehicle crashed. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna cough. I need to mute. All right, so that's my shout out. You guys got any shout outs? I'd like to shout out to the Hill, the uh, the uh, uh, Washington D.C. publication. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'd like to shout out to the Hill, and we'll have a link in it to back up my shout out. But they run they run an op-ed or opinion editorial from two members of Congress. They do a really nice, nuanced job of dismembering the arguments for air traffic control privatization. And I would uh, recommend that as easy reading to... Uh, Take to any cocktail party with you, any any place where the uh, Heritage Foundation or the uh, uh, American Cato, Enterprise Cato, Institute, yeah. right, the Cato uh, Institution, uh, are going to have people telling you why privatization can solve everything, and you can tell them why it won't solve the problems that the airlines claim it will. 
if they do that with air traffic control. It'll just make stuff worse. And that's my shout out. That's your shout out. Now, do you, you did, did you say who the authors are? I'm, I'm looking at it here, and the authors are apparently uh, Representative Peter DeFazio uh, of Oregon and Rick Larson of Washington. So uh, that's the ones. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I haven't read this, but I will. I will give it a read. And uh, um, we need more and more people explaining why this is a bad idea. So good yeah. deal. Good deal. Jeb, you got anything for us? Um, nothing, nothing uh, prepared, nothing focused, but I would like to give a shout out to all of those who have uh, uh, gotten their basic med certification. There you go. Yeah. Um, um, congratulations. Um, keep it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's a good thing and it's going to you know, generate some more flight hours and, and get, the, econ- get the, uh, the aviation economy running a little bit faster. That's a good thing. Anyways, all right then. Time to stick a fork in this one. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I hope uh, my bad microphone wasn't too annoying, and uh, I, I'll get to find out sometime later on today as I start working on this episode. But uh, apparently you heard me because you never ever said, you know, Jack. Huh? Who, who, who is this other guy? I hear Dave okay, but I don't understand who this other guy is. Thank you, guys. It's always fun to uh, chat with you, uh, my two good friends here. One of those is, uh, is Jeb, Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a uh, freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Jeb, what you been working on? Uh, well, the uh, June issue of Aviation Safety is in the can. Um, did a follow-up uh, article on uh, flight following that... Uh, uh, tried to answer some unanswered questions, or or at least some gaps that uh, I was forced to leave in the uh, our last month's article uh, for sp- for space space reasons. Uh, so got that uh, uh, tied that up, um, and uh, kind of ha- I'm I'm pretty happy with both of those uh, the, both of those articles. So uh, that's kind of what I've been doing is basking in the glow here for the last few days. Basking uh, where, in the glow. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, com. There's nothing there. Uh, AviationSafetyMagazine.com. Um, let's see. Uh, there's this uh, UncontrolledAirspace.com, I think. Um, and on Twitter, you call yourself? Burnside J. And my other good friend, David, always fun with, uh, to get together with you as well, uh, Dave Higdon. Dave Higdon's a, uh, an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Av Buyer magazine. David, what have you been working on? Worked on a column this week for Av Buyer magazine, looking at the, the uh, s- slim amount of sanity that came out of Washington, D.C. in the last week. Uh, both houses of Congress getting together and agreeing to... Uh, keeping the government running until September 30. And in the process, they uh, kicked up the budget for the Federal Aviation Administration, uh, which had been proposed for a cut by the uh, White House occupant. And uh, they also, the uh, Congress also added a little extra money for next gen and included a statement from its two appropriations committee chair people and the ranking members opposing ATC privatization. So that's like a hat trick of good stuff in the uh, in the stopgap measure that yeah. basically did nothing but kick the can down the road until September. But we'll take the good news where we can find it. Yeah, exactly. Sounds good. 
Where, uh, David, where can people find all this stuff about you on the internet? They could find it at avbuyer.com or aea.net, where I've worked for Avionics News and occasionally here. And on Twitter? You're, you're very active on Twitter oh, these days. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how I let myself get sucked into this, but yeah, I'm real Higdon on Twitter. There you go. Uh, welcome any and all comments. There you go. And, and, and let me also, I, I just did a, a, a brain, I won't say that. Um, um, my, my brain spaced out kind of like David's there for a moment. Um, I've got, I uh, would presume, the cover article in uh, June's uh, uh, Avionics News magazine uh, and a bunch of other words on their recently completed annual meeting, annual convention. Uh, so AEA.net and uh, the Aircraft Electronics Association also. And I am Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. Uh, I've been uh, posting videos on uh, on YouTube uh, a fair amount lately. Not so much since uh, Sun and Fun, which things got busy after I got back from Sun and Fun. And uh, the next video you'll see won't be aviation, because uh, I shot some stuff here in New York City the other day. So uh, sort of a walking tour of of, uh, of a small part, very small. Uh, check out those videos, um, uh, mostly aviation videos, but the occasional other thing that I'm involved with. Um, all these things, you might find me on YouTube at YouTube slash Jack Hodgson. Twitter is also Twitter slash Jack Hodgson. And you can sign up for my email newsletter and learn more than you ever really wanted to know about me at jackhodgson.com. Big thanks to Jeff Ward for his help in the show notes uh, and in the forums. It's it's so so appreciated. He does it all sort of all by himself. It's just like magic, and and that's awesome. Thank you to to Jeff for that. Uh, thanks to Mike Morgan and Royce Earl and Jim Goldman and to the many other listeners listeners who have created the UCAP disclaimer clips that uh, we run from time to time. Um, they're all very cool. Please support UCAP by making a repeating per-episode donation of any size via the online service Patreon. You can get all the details about this at patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace. And while you're at it, go into iTunes and give us a review. Uh, it really, really helps to uh, give us a thumbs up there and, uh, and post a few words. Please follow us on Twitter. Uh, the uh, podcast itself has a Twitter identity called uh, Class G Airspace. Uh, it's class, the letter G, and airspace, all one word. You never know what might show up there. And you can also listen to uh, UCAP in the free section of Sporty's Pilot Shop's mobile app, Takeoff, along with other podcasts and special Sporty's content. Get your UCAP hats, shirts, and other cool gear at the UCAP Swag Shop. That's at uncontrolledairspace.com slash store. And don't forget, you can check out the rest of the UCAP website, almost 11 years worth of UCAP show notes and episode downloads, uh, all of there at the, uh, at the UCAP website. And last but not least... Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Back up. Almost 11 years? Almost 11 years. We've been doing it this long? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Go figure. Go figure. And last but not least, chat with us directly and with many of your fellow listeners in the Uncontrolled Airspace forums. And all of this can be found at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, some bit of wisdom you were going to share us, share with us? Indeed. Best way to live along and maybe fruitful, maybe not, life is uh, to spend your time flying as much as possible because you all know this time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan bye bye and that's enough talking let's go flying I think we're going to get mail on that <laughs> <laughs>